Hello and welcome aboard Fighting Catholic Jet Lag. My name is JC and I'll be your host for this podcast. I'm a flight attendant and I'm on a journey to find my place within the Catholic Church. I'll be accompanied by my friend and co-host, Father Larry Hostetter, a priest of 34 years and a doctor of sacred theology. He's a Catholic University president. And for our discussion, he'll serve as spiritual ground control to keep things on course for our flight back to faith. We'll be navigating through difficult and uncomfortable issues, so prepare for a bit of turbulence along the way. There won't always be easy answers, but no subject will be off the table. If you're ready to explore your own doubts and questions and reclaim your faith with us, then sit back, buckle up, relax, and enjoy our flight to faith. What do you usually say, hello? Yes. I wrote it down for you. Where is it? At the top. Oh, okay. Where it says intro. All right. Hey. No, that's not loud enough. <laughs> Try it. Okay. <clears throat> Go. I want to say good morning, but you hey, should, it's the afternoon. Welcome to our third episode of Fighting Catholic Jet Lag. And that's JC Hartz. And that's Father Larry, our German shepherd. I'm not sure what that means, but we'll go, we'll run with it as usual. Because you're German. Yeah. 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 Okay. So this is our third episode for those of you who are have hung with us this far. And it's called Day Ones. Day One? For our Day Ones. Our Day Ones. Yeah. Okay. So those of you that were with us from the beginning, our Day Ones, thank you for coming back. Uh, we hope we're providing you with content and a little bit of entertainment that is meaningful to you. For those of you who are brand new listeners, welcome. We're glad you're here uh, to Fighting Catholic Jet Lag. And somebody's giving me some jet lag right now. But um, uh, we're really glad that you're part of our conversation. Uh, As you heard in the intro, we're for people who might feel like they're only half in, half out of the church, half licks. Maybe they... Priest, half flight attendant. Half priest, half flight attendant. Yeah, that's some kind of new hybrid. Um, (laughs) But we also recognize that, you know, sometimes people have some real concerns about the church and some skepticism. Maybe they have some gripes about the church. Well, like like that we don't stream mass anymore um, post-pandemic where they're making us go, go back, like get up on Sundays and stuff. And so that's definitely a gripe I have. Uh, yeah, and uh, we did stop streaming our mass here at the university because, you know, the bishop did restore the obligation to attend Sunday mass a few weeks ago. So uh, if you're young and healthy and vaccinated and you can get well, to mass, it's probably not a bad idea. Yeah. Okay. Uh, see, you next, <laughs> see you next Sunday then? Okay. But of course, we know that it's also deeper than gripes, that there are many Catholics and non-Catholics who have have been hurt, deeply hurt by the church. Obviously, that's something that we often see in the news, and we'll be covering some of those topics as well. Specifically today, we hope to get into uh, maybe a little bit more of a foundational issue of what is our conception of God and how do we see God working in our lives, because that can determine a lot about how we understand ourselves, God, and our relationship with the church. How different do you think ours is? We'll see. Yeah. But before we get to that, <laughs> we are going to introduce a brand new feature called the clarificational. Okay, that's genius. Did you come up with that? Well, 
Only you after can... working with the three of you. And uh, <laughs> by the way, again, those of you that are listening, we have also here with us our producers and directors, Rebecca Sapp and Lauren McCrary. Dr. Uh, Dr. Lauren. Dr. Lauren McCrary, yes, Um, and and, uh, they are behind the scenes. You can hear them laughing every now and then. They're also waving things at us when they tell us to stop. We say something blasphemous. Yeah, or say like "circle back," uh, like little flashcards. Ask JC. Don't say that. Stop. There's one big one that just says "stop." Why did you sneeze on air? Like stuff like that. So we we're glad that we. Definitely are glad to have our So we're glad they're here, but the clarificational came out as a result of everything that we've been talking about to make this a better program. And the clarificational is like the confessional. So we're going to go into the clarificational. So wait, does does this count? Is this confession for me? This does not count. Oh, okay. Because typically it's going to be me (laughs) clarifying something I said from a previous episode that may have been wrong or easily misunderstood. Okay. uh, Well, then let's start. Father Larry, how long has it been since your last clarificational? Uh, One week. Yeah, one week since my last (laughs) clarificational. So the clarificational for this week is pretty simple. Is I said at the last episode that St. Francis is the patron saint of Europe. He is not. Ooh. I know. I know you should have just stuck with what I said, animals, birds. Well, he's also the patron of Italy. So that's oh, kind that's a of big a big one. deal. Anyway, so that's mm-hmm. my clarificational. So is that, did you have any more? No. Uh, well, I I don't have any, but my mom has several. So I, I did receive a, a lot of feedback from our last episode. So, and she's going to love the shout out you just gave her, little B. Uh, so she, so mom listened to it and, and right away she, she calls me and she's like, well, a few things, Jace. So are you ready for this? Sure. This is Barb's clarificational <laughs> corner. <laughs> um, number one, parochial quote, you went to public school, but you know what that means. Was <laughs> so, because um, you had to ask at the last episode, you uh, had to ask what that, what that meant. And so I, so mom is scared that it means that she's spelled as a Catholic person. If I don't know what that means. And I assured her, I do know what that means. I I just kind of blanked out for a second. I didn't, but I, but I I assured her that I I do. So um, it's fine. I know what parochial means now. The next one she wanted me to clarify is you went to public school because there wasn't a Catholic school in Pulaski County. Get it right. So that's why I didn't go to Catholic school. She's concerned that she didn't send you to Public, yeah, uh, she, school, because I was I was taught, you know, oh, well, in, in public school and she wants to make sure that you and God know right. she would have sent us to Catholic school. She went to Catholic school herself, but we didn't have a Catholic I school. Went to public school, too. Nothing wrong. With public so school. she doesn't have to add this to her confession list. Right. No. OK, good. We're good. Um, also, she said that on Facebook, you Father Larry said he made a mistake and I w- was thinking, oh no, he's going to say he made he made a mistake with making a podcast with JC. That was my first thought. So she she was she she's like hanging on tooth and nail to figure out what your mistake was. Um, and then her her last. I have to have to say this is an unusual form of communication for me, and I'm yeah. I'm getting used to it, yeah, and I'm learning a little bit about it, and. Um, so, yeah, those of you in the audience, thank you for bearing with us and mm-hmm. uh, coming along for the ride. And please let my mom know your the mistake was not. No, no it was about St. Francis. It was about St. Francis, mom, not me. 
<laughs> um, and then her last one was, are you really going to let Father Larry one-up you by taking his parents to meet the Pope when you haven't yet to take your own mother? So that w- that's not really a clarification. It's just more of a request. But I've seen the pictures of the places you've taken your mother, and yeah. that's pretty <laughs> extraordinary. <laughs> yeah, she's gone all over. I mean, seven kids, and then she gets early retirement right after I became a flight attendant. So I have dragged We will have to have your everywhere. mom in as a guest Sometime. She would love that. Okay. There, there would be, um, there would be a lot of bleeping for sure. But she, <laughs> mom, come on, we'd love to have you. So, um, but yeah, and she said, "Great job, Jace. You make your mama proud. Tell them how much you love St. Mildred's. That's our church back home. Love St. Mildred's. So, I mean, it. We love it. it means a lot to us. And every so often, I'll I'll go home and, you know, we'll go to the we'll go to weekday mass, but. Um, but yeah, St. Mildred, St. Millie is what we call her for short. St. Mildred was born in 660 and died after 732. She was a 7th and 8th century Anglo-Saxon abbess of the Abbey of Minster in Thanet, Kent. Mm. Mm. She was declared a saint after her death and later her remains were moved to Canterbury. Yeah. Here is uh, an icon. I'm actually <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Here's an icon. We won't <laughs> So Father Larry just turned his phone around to hold up a picture of St. Mildred to the microphone so you all could see it. Um, and if you're not able to see it, we'll make sure to put it on We Instagram. will put this on Instagram, which, She's again, I don't have anything to do with. That's amazing. So, yeah, St. Mildred's. Yeah. Um, but actually what's really cool, and I'd like to read a little bit more about her, is, is this icon has her holding she is a icon. gospel book, a pastoral staff, such as the bishops do, and she is wearing a pectoral cross. Which and was typical at that time period that women abbesses of monasteries had a great deal of authority. And yeah. so they could wear some of the same um, paraphernalia that bishops Accessories. Do. Yeah. Yeah. That's I was going to really say cool. accoutrements. Accoutrements. But, yeah, but, AKA uh, accessories. So, anyway. Okay, that's really cool. Well, that's, I think we're done with clarificational. No, we're not. Oh. Oh, we actually have one more. Okay. Um, this is actually for you. This is your correctional corner is, is somebody telling me that i made a mistake somewhere? no i just oh. think it's so funny you told us that um father jim who is friend right. of, friend of the faithful um about the first episode he could hear noise and he couldn't figure out what it was which i'm sure if you all if you listen there's yeah there's a, th- a drumming noise yeah and when we heard it rebecca and i were like what is that and rebecca's like i think he was playing with the mic he was like drumming his hand i was holding the microphone and, and there was later, a spring on it and i was thumping on it yeah and then later on you said well father jim said so what, what did yeah a friend of mine just said hey that sounds like you were drumming on something and you drum like that when you're ready for something to be over <laughs> and so um <laughs> but you started drumming like two minutes into the episode which is what was concerning to me yeah. Yeah. Well, Th- nothing else. I, to say. I have a, yes. As by now, you haven't realized I have a very short attention span. I do too, which is why I keep zoning out when you say things like parochial and habit. And then I come to and I'm like, yeah, I agree. I don't know what that is. Right. Yeah. So, okay. Um, just keep following So I was making that ADD. bad noise and I uh, fidget with stuff. So if you hear stuff on this, it's probably me. Yeah. I'm That's gonna, okay. We'll, we'll say it's. I'll say it to you. So, okay. Um, Yeah. So today, as you said, we're talking spirituality and conception of God. Um, But before we get into that, we've had some Catholic news come up over the past week. 
All right. So we want to make sure to keep the that? Holy Father, Pope Francis, Aww. in prayer, who had uh, surgery on his colon yesterday. It was yesterday. scheduled. It was so scheduled. It... He had a stenosis of Aww. the large colon, and they just needed to open that up, I think. I imagine they did a bit of, bit of a resection. Was that intel you got since you're news. in his network? Oh, it was in the news. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you do you get? Are you the first to know that kind of thing? No. I'm, no. the, I'm the last to know. You're the, anything. <laughs> the last to know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we wouldn't, we wouldn't know the difference. In fact, my mom said, she's like, he doesn't even need to clarify. I'm just, I'm going to, whatever he says, I wouldn't even think to question. That's why clarificational is so important because. <laughs> You're wrong, Barb. <laughs> I do make mistakes and I do misstate things. And I don't always remember everything a hundred percent accurately because I kind of count on you know Wikipedia to remind me of what dates and things Love are. It. But Love and so I think it's important to mm -hmm. when rather than just move along and say, oh yeah, I'm, I misspoke on that or that wasn't quite right and to, to move yeah. on. So we're praying for the Pope. And then last week you said you were going to look up where President Biden goes yeah, to absolutely. mass on Sunday and you have discovered what? Um, I actually, I, I, I did forget to look it up. So we had, um, Lauren, look it up. Lauren. Lauren, why don't you go ahead and can you yell can it you over from where know? you're at? Brandywine. Okay. St. Joseph Saint in Brandywine Joseph. in Delaware. St. Joseph on the Brandywine. On the Brandywine. In Delaware. Okay. Three minute travel. Which is a three minute travel. That's pretty amazing. But I guess if you have your own convoy and your own bulletproof SUV. Can you imagine rolling up to mass in that? Yeah. 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 Me neither. Uh, well, that's great. Okay. So St. Joseph on the Brandywine. Right. So, I mean, is that public knowledge? Are we allowed to just out someone's uh, place of religious community? I mean, can sure. I say that? I mean, it's, uh, where did you find it? I don't know. I mean, yeah, she it was on the internet. internet. So it's not like, you know, it's not like uh, Lauren dipped into some super secret FBI file to find out. We, where don't, know. It, we don't know this. We don't know this. Yeah. Who well, knows? we're just going to assume it's on the internet. It's public knowledge, right? So by the way, you know, that is one area that there are some Catholics and non-Catholics who are really upset about is the bishop's discussion on uh, whether it is appropriate to give President Biden communion. Yes. And that will be an issue, a topic that we will deal with in the future. So I just want everybody to know, because that was one Did of the topics. Did they make a decision? No, that won't happen until November when, when the document that they're writing will be promulgated. And then, of course, the Pope has to approve the document. Um, but uh, that was one of the suggested topics that we we deal with. Mm -hmm. uh, let's, let's quickly kind of go over what some of the other ones that we got feedback on. One of them was on women's ordination, why mm -hmm. the church is so reluctant to give uh, that to women. And then one that I think will probably be very painful to to deal with is a very painful topic is the issue of uh, the church's role in the so-called reculturization of native peoples in, in mm -hmm. Canada. And as we think we'll, we'll also find out in the United States as an investigation right. is going on with that. And so those are topics we'll probably uh, look into in, in terms of trying to understand where, where we are as Catholics and and what that might do to someone who is a Catholic mm -hmm. and, and their faith in the church. I really appreciated 
the feedback that I received from just Catholics saying that they feel this is needed and those that have kind of left the church are still culture Catholics. They identify as Catholics, but they're not really going to church and they feel ostracized. And I I was really glad to hear people share that feedback. And it's it's not just me and this isn't just for me and for you. This is for a whole group of people who are struggling to find their places too. So I was glad for that. So continue to send us your feedback and any questions you have. Again, we're on Instagram and Facebook at Fighting Catholic Jetlag. You can email us any questions fightingcatholicjetlag at gmail.com. If you don't sign your name, we we won't say who it's from, or you can tell us, you know, who you are and we'd be happy to include it. So um, were there any other questions, comments you got? No, I, I think uh, I do want to add, especially given that we are going to have a social uh, media presence that we are, we really want this to be a positive experience for the most part. That doesn't mean people can't share their negative experiences, but um, I, as as a habit, personally, I just don't tolerate anybody disparaging another human being. Well, you say that like you get some negative comments. Like all of my comments are friends that are like, oh, my God, girl, keep going. Hand well, clap emoji, fire emoji. So are you not get, that's not the comments and feedback you're I, getting on your posts. I just know that Facebook can get kind of ugly at times. Yeah. And so you should switch we to want Instagram. this to be a positive yeah experience while dealing with difficult subjects. Facebook kind of, you know, you, you've got lots of debates with family members. You didn't even know you were related to They right. Some you see only once a year. Instagram is more like your friends and it's all butterflies and sunshine. It is all butterflies, sunshine emojis. You're exactly right. right. So yeah. See you on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll let you cover the Facebook page. I'll cover oh yeah. 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 So anyway, <laughs> we're now switching to content. Our subject for this podcast seems like it takes us a long time to get here, doesn't it? Well, I feel like the the science stuff, the informative stuff, that's like your area. The stuff that's just like talking about absolutely nothing for the sake of talking about nothing, that's like my area. Well, I'm going to disagree with that a little bit because this is your brainchild. And uh, you bring the substance of this to the... Speaking of child... Um, whenever I, (laughs) are you getting ready to announce something? No, not you too. Um, no, I, I forgot to mention to my family that we were, you know, doing a podcast and because my, my family group message, we've got a lot to talk about. So I, I didn't even think to tell them. And then yesterday I'm like, I need to let, I need to let them know. I'd text when I said, guess what? And then right away, all of them, you pregnant, you having a baby? And then Amy was like, did you win the lottery? Who's Amy? Amy is my next oldest sister. We're about 15 months apart. Um, but yeah, so she went to a place of, no, it's better than a baby. She won the lottery. And I'm like, y'all are all wrong. We we have a podcast. And, you know, and then Amy was quick to say, she and Father Larry are having a podcast. <laughs> so, yeah. So moving on from there. This part of the podcast is where we get into some content, the subject of what we want to deal with, and we need help naming this part. You know, we we have clever names for the other parts, you know, keeping up with the catechisms, the clarificational. Well, I loved when you said last week, you said, this is called lighthearted banter. Well, that's the, yeah, that's (laughs) the part that you were calling Kiki. Kiki. Yeah. 
And so, which is basically lighthearted banter, if I'm understanding the word correctly. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're correct. Um, you are correct. Well, uh, just keep practicing on I'll it. I'll keep and practicing get there. it. So, this is not that part. Okay. This is the part where we kind of get a little bit more serious and we look at the questions that you have and a topic. And we need help naming this section. You know, we have the clarificational, we have keeping up with the catechisms. So, we're going to turn to you all and ask if you've got a good idea, name this section. Send it to our uh, email, uh, fightingcatholicjetlag at gmail.com or on our Instagram at fightingcatholicjetlag. So go to, whenever you want to send us something on any of the episodes, the best way to do it is on our Instagram page for every episode, we will have um, a post for each individual episode with everything we talk about, all the pictures that Father Larry is going to show to the microphone. And I'm going to say, no, we're going to put on the Instagram for you to see. <laughs> um, all, all of that stuff, you will find it under one post on Instagram. So uh, on that post, just write your clarifications. Mom, if you're on there, uh, any, anything I need to, uh, we need to talk about, just find us at Fighting Catholic Job. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, send us some ideas on that. We thought today it would be best maybe just rather than dealing with a, a hot topic in the news or anything is, is or something that's very specific to the church is to ask the question, how do you understand God? Who is God for you? Sometimes our understanding of God is just a little off mm-hmm. when you say yeah, I would say so. I would say I definitely, um, my struggle with just trying to figure out this loving God, you hear of both. You hear, oh, this vengeful God, this, he'll lead you to it so he can lead you through it. Or it was God's will for these horrible things that happen. And so that's, that's always been difficult for me thinking so that one conception is that god causes the bad things that yeah happen just to, you. to show you who's in control right and that's or to get you back for something or you to did. get you back um like he he is the one who created karma so you're you know this is happening so he can yeah get you back or show you who's in charge and it's that's that's difficult to look at god in that way and also it's you know, it's like you have your relationship with religion, you have your relationship with spirituality, but they both influence each other. So if you have a having a hard time with God, I'm going to have a hard time with my religion as well. When I want religion to aid in that, to, in, to inspire a better relationship with God. So um, yeah, it can either empower it or it can hurt it. And, you know, that was one of the big conversations we had with our Hafflet group when, when you know, those again, first time listeners, and this day ones. came out of, pardon me? And day ones. And day ones. But the day ones have already heard this. I our first time listeners, our first time <laughs> listeners, this grew out of a group of mainly young millennials and myself sitting around talking about these issues. And one of the first topics was about Catholic guilt about feeling guilty because you didn't live up to the expectations of other people or what you perceived to be the expectation of other people or the expectations of God and that you had to act a certain way and be a certain way in order for God to love you. Right. Um, and if you right. didn't, you were kind of on the outs. Right. Right. And that's, I mean, and, and is that God, is that Catholic, is that religious guilt or is that societal guilt? Right. 
you know, when you're, when you're at mass and someone says, I haven't seen you in a while, is that feel, and you're like, oh, I have all this Catholic and religious guilt, or is that something different? Right. Does God want us to feel guilty or are people just making us feel guilty? So well, I'm just I, I don't that. think God wants us to feel guilty, but mm-hmm. we can get into that in a moment. You know, at one point we talked about even calling this my Catholic guilt instead yeah, of uh, fighting Catholic jet lag. I want to turn to a letter that Pope Francis wrote to Father James Martin a few weeks, a couple weeks ago. Father James Martin is a Jesuit priest. He uh, is very involved in LGBTQ ministry, Catholic ministry. And the Pope wrote him a letter. And um, Oh, I love this. He, he talked about, we thanked Father Martin for his work and his pastoral zeal, his ability to get close to people, mm-hmm. uh, which reflects, he said, the closeness of God. And he reminds us that, that God is a father. Uh, and I know for some people, you know, that is one con- conception of God, because even in Scripture, God is sometimes presented more with maternal aspects. Mm-hmm. But that is that's what we've inherited from Jesus, who called God Abba, uh, Father. Um, but he he wrote this, and and this has been uh, something that I have spent a lot of time just reflecting on, because it really just jumped out to me. He said, "God's style has three elements." Closeness, compassion, and tenderness. Mm. And the reason why I want to maybe talk about this a little bit is I think so often our problems with the church is because we have a a concept of God that isn't really consistent with the the God of of revelation. And that's that's a hard one. And I think what what about those who have no reference for God's love and can't even conceive of the idea of of this being that is all loving and protective like a father what about what about those who have no reference for that it's a really good question i mean because all of our our understanding of love is based on our experience of love right truly we only understand love in as much as we've been loved so it's possible that that there are some who you know when it's like god the father loves you unconditionally and might be easy to, to think, no, no, I, I can't I don't even, get it. I don't yeah. get it. I don't get it. So how, you know, and I, and you mentioned the part, you mentioned something about in the Bible, there's like a maternal love too. So there's both, there's like a, a female, like a feminine energy as well. So. Well, I think that's a real challenge for somebody mm-hmm. who has limited experience of being loved feels unloved and this is to find some way of bringing God's love into that. And maybe the only way they can do that is by uh, reflecting on that absence of love and what it would mean to have that absence filled. Oh, right. But for a lot of us, we relate our love to the love of God, to the love that we've experienced from our parents. I, I've often told the story and those of you who know me, have heard this story before that one, my experience of God's love is directly related to how I experienced love for my parents. And so I've told the story before of in the first grade, I would always go walking to school with our neighbor. Her name was Rosemary. uh, And she used to hit me on my head 
with her metal lunchbox. And uh, people said she, it was because she liked me, you know, and lunchboxes back then were metal. Yeah. But I think it was a Beatles lunchbox. So, you know, it probably be worth a lot of money now, even with the dents from my head. But anyway, <laughs> I never flunked anything. Rosemary, if you, we want to hear your side of the story. Yeah. Please, call, please write in at Fighting Catholic Jet. Like, right, I, have ne- I have never, never flunked anything, even though it was the first grade or second grade. I can't remember. Uh, but walking home, I had flunked a spelling test and I did not want to disappoint my parents. And I remember crumbling up the spelling test on our walk home and throwing it into a trash can. Going home thinking that was done. Got home, you know, watched the last part of Dark Shadows and then Popeye was on TV. And then, you know, we had dinner and yeah. did homework, that kind of thing. Usual day for Popeye. So the next day I get home and my mother's in the kitchen and she's sitting oh, in those no. plastic chairs, you know, with the linoleum type table that they had yes. in the 60s. And the crumpled up spelling test is sitting there in front of her with a big F on it. Your first thought. Yeah. First thought was, well, I'm going to get it. Yeah. Um, and so my mother calls me over and she says, what's this? I said, well, I flunked the spelling test. I can't remember all, you know, detail. I was six years old. Um, and, but I do remember as distinctly as it were today, she picked me up, put me in her lap and she said, why did you throw it away? And I said, well, I didn't want to get in trouble. And she said, don't you know that we are always going to love you no matter what you do? Mm. And, and that stuck with me for wow. the rest of my life. That's the kind of experiences that we have with our parents. With Maybe it's not our parents. Maybe it's our sisters or brothers or grandparents or an right. aunt or an uncle right. or somebody who's not even related to us by blood. But I, I suspect most of us can find somebody that paid some attention to us and some and, symbol and of, loved us, right. you know, because you're, and that is such a beautiful way of looking at it. And you're very lucky to have that as a reference guide. Um, and hearing that, I think to me, that's who the blessed mother is to me. You know, I'm a huge fan girl of hers. And um, I, I always, for me, it was always, okay, God's leading me to this thing. Just lead me through it. Always exerting, the the dominance of I'm in charge here. And then it for me, it was always the blessed mother is the one holding my hand saying, it's okay, we've got this. I'm with you. I'm, I'm going with you through it. So we'll take on whatever we can. So that, and I, I bring that up because it, it can seem, especially for non-Catholics, like the worship of Mary right. or, but I believe that God meets us where we're at. And if, if my relationship of, of my relationship with God is of God, the mother, um, God is finding me through Mary, uh, for some it's God finds us, you know, my husband loves being in nature and that's where he really feels God. And so is, can we talk a little bit about that? If for some of us, when, when we find God in non-traditional places, if it's not, in a cathedral, um, how how do you look at that? I think what you just said is perfect. That God finds us where we're at. Mm-hmm. So if if you are able to relate to God through the Mother of Jesus mm-hmm. in in a way that helps you to grow in faith, that's, that's a wonderful thing. Um, in fact, you know that that spirituality kind of developed over the centuries. That you know Mary was 
the conduit that we could use right. to, to, to get to God through through Mary to Jesus. You know, is, is it a saying that sometimes people have, have had? Well, and she always, and I think this is true for in anything that we find God in, it's always pointing up. It's right. Mary was always pointing to her son. That's right. And do what he tells you. Yes. Like, you know, if, if you feel closer to my son through me, I'm going to point you towards right. him. Um, and I think the same is true whenever, you know, if I'm on a hike and I feel God, right. um, it's not that I'm like, Oh, this is, this is my church. Even though sometimes it feels like it, it's more so, Oh, this makes right. me realize God made all of this. You know, it's interesting as you say that because one of the reasons why Mary developed this role is because people felt like that God was so distant and often depicted as the judge who is just watching you and make, right. you know, making sure you don't get into trouble, that Mary was kind of seen as the approachable one. Right. And so you could get to, you know, spirituality to heaven because Mary was going to is God okay with you. that? I, I think it's okay, but I think we want to move beyond that too. I mean, in you know, some medieval imagery, you can even see sometimes Mary kind of protecting everybody from the wrath of God, you know, and and really? kind of taking people up, you know, taking the little soul of JC up to God and saying, you know, she's really not so bad. Just give her a chance. Give her a chance. Let her in. Just you know, get to know her. And and then of course, you know, God because it's the mother of Jesus. Yeah. says, well, yeah, whatever you want, you know, I always I'll, say, <laughs> I'll do for you. I always say, Mary, make your son listen in only the way a mother can. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But God speaks to us in our own language. And if my, my language is, is Mary, um, and it's not, it's not in like a blasphemous going around him to get to her. It's the exact opposite. Right. Um, yeah. And, and I think that's, uh, I think that's perfectly acceptable. I think, what we want to try to avoid, and it doesn't sound like you're doing this, is that we do this because God is mean and is horrible and is nothing has nothing to do but to judge us and to figure out a way to get us to hell. And the only way we're going to get past that is if we have Mary on our side. I think that's what I want to right. get at is, is changing our concept of God because um, that's so integral and, and at the heart of who we are in our relationship with the church and others. And I do want to add again, I think I mentioned this on the first episode that for me, this journey uh, with this group of uh, young people who are somewhat disaffected from the church is that they all have an incredible um, connection and relationship with uh, the blessed mother uh, with Mary uh, not in necessarily in the old-fashioned, traditional sense of Mary that's, you know, just this pure what? one that you can't even approach because she's so pure and perfect, well, but and as a real woman. Is that the is that the old thinking of, of Mary? Is that a common perception of she's too pure, she's something mm -hmm. you'll never be? And I think that's probably a future episode. We've had that as part of a Catholic group. Right. But yeah, that, that's that's a topic in and of, of itself. Right. Um, because we focus so much on the holiness of being the mother of God, right. but we're also missing that she was a person. Right. She was still human. A human being, uh, completely, totally human. Unlike her son, who's the incarnate word of God, Mary right. is a human being. Uh, but you also mentioned, you know, that your husband uh, communes with God in nature. I think that's, again, something that's right. perfectly acceptable. My grandfather uh, would tell me that he could connect to God much more closely 
in in the woods than he could in a, in a building. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've often said that, and I've said that publicly that I, my experience of God in nature is much more powerful sometimes yeah. than in a church building. Because like a church building is work of human hands right. and then being outdoors, it's like, it's undeniable. Right. You know? So. Yeah. You're right there. Direct contact right. with, with, right. with the divine. So it's okay to find God in other, in other ways in other, because God's going to, God's going to find right. us. Um, so Pope Francis during his Ash Wednesday homily this year said the father who is calling us home is the same father who went out looking for us when we left. Exactly. And you've got that. Uh, that's a perfect quote. And it highlights the centrality of one of the most uh, popular stories in the Gospels. You've heard the story of the prodigal son, the son who ran away. Oh, prodigal you know meaning I have it. The son, the prodigal meaning, you know, somebody who strays, mm-hmm. had, had an older son and a younger son and the younger son, give me my inheritance. Mm-hmm. And he went and left and lived his life in the scripture says with the uh, uh, loose women and squandering all his his money and then ended up doing nothing more than taking care of the pigs because he had, his, right. had fallen so far. And he says, I'll go back to my father. At least there I can work, you know, with in the fields uh-huh. and he surely will take me back. And as he heads back, the father, the scripture says, saw his son coming from a distance. Well, what does that mean when he saw his son coming from a distance? He was watching for him. He yeah. was waiting for him. Yeah. He knew he would come back someday and he did and that's exactly i think what pope francis is talking yeah. about so no no matter how far off track we get I, I, god's lo- waiting to i'd love to ask you district because pope francis made such a big deal out of in this letter that i referenced earlier about god's style having three elements closeness compassion and tenderness mm-hmm. so let's, i'd like to just wrestle with each one of those for just a couple minutes when you think of something as close or closeness, what what does that imply? Like right next to me. Right next to you. Mm-hmm. And the uh, I was so intrigued by this. I did a little look on the origin of these words, and so close or closeness has to implies or the original meaning implies being in a small enclosed mm-hmm. area, an enclosure is where we get that, obviously. And that now, it, it, I like that because to me that that insinuates that. It, it's a relationship that it's not just, I'm not just keeping God at a distance until it's time to pray or ask for right. something. It's like a constant conversation throughout the day. It's so with your wh- during the pandemic, why would you not want to be in a small enclosed place with someone? You could get sick. And you could get sick. Why? Because COVID. you're breathing the same air. Yes. And so <laughs> it, <laughs> In the origin of that word, there was a sense of closeness and, and having to breathe in yeah. the same air. I just think that says a lot about God in terms of understanding who God is. God breathes the same air we do. He is so close that he that the air we're in, mm-hmm. God breathes. And so sometimes people feel trapped in their lives. Sometimes people feel uh, closed in. And having an understanding of God's closeness implies that God is right there, breathing in the same air that we are, that maybe is stagnant, is stale. And again, speaking metaphorically here, mm-hmm. but, and, and then God is that close. And so God isn't just somewhere distant saying, yeah, I'm with you, patting us on the head. He's right, truly with us, experiencing what we're experiencing. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Okay. I like that. All right. So let's take a look at the second word, compassion. 
Mm-hmm. If you're compassionate, what does that mean to you? Compassionate to me means um, feeling what I like a like an empathetic passion, like can feel what I'm going through mm-hmm. and can empathize with me more than just sympathize with me. Does, Was that right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. Yeah, you got that hundred percent right. <laughs> okay, awesome. Uh, the We're word, rolling now, Father. The Larry. word passion. Where else do we hear that? Um, in Holy Week. Yes. Yes, during Holy Week. When we read the, the passion, passion of the Christ. Christ. Yeah, and it has to do with his suffering and death. Yes. So compassion means to suffer with. Oh wow. So okay. Again, it. I don't think we should think of this just so abstractly that God somehow is sitting in God's heaven. Thinking, oh, it's isn't it sad that you're suffering? Out. I'm with you, mm-hmm. but is actually experiencing the same pain that we're experiencing. Yes. Come, passion, suffer with. Yes. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. And then tenderness. Mm-hmm. How do you view tenderness? Um, I I view that more as like a a vulnerable closeness that is. That is there. Uh, yeah, and I love that you up. picked up on vulnerability because that's exactly at the origin of that word is something that is is uh, soft and gentle enough to be wounded mm-hmm. uh, or uh, to be damaged. Mm-hmm. Um, so a tender reed or a, you know something that's tender is something that's easily damaged. We also have tender feelings. Obviously. We also have chicken tenders. We have chicken tenders, and I wonder how that relates to this. Yeah, I know you can figure this out. This has to. It's probably the tender part of the, the chicken. tender part of a chicken tender. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But does that imply something to you when we say God is tender? What does that imply to you? Vulnerable. Vulnerable. Can God be vulnerable with us? Ooh, I never thought that was possible. Can God allow Himself to be wounded? But vulnerable is isn't vulnerable like willing to admit when they're wrong? And yeah, but me- also it's a willingness to be hurt. Okay. Somebody who's vulnerable. I mean, we That's can be we can deliberately be vulnerable, allow ourselves to be vulnerable. Obviously, they're vulnerable persons that we don't want to mistreat, right? Right. But allowing themselves to be hurt. That's to to even think about God has the ability to be hurt by our actions or by something that happens to us. Yeah, that's pretty The God's tenderness is one of the three elements of God's style implies to me that God is willing to allow himself to experience, along with compassion and closeness, experience what we're experiencing. And even in a way that we don't understand, because technically God is all powerful and can't be hurt, but that somehow God is damaged. Okay. I'll, and I love what you're saying, and it's beautiful what the Pope wrote, but for a lot of people who that's not their relationship with God, if you if that's not the relationship you have with God, where do you where where is this? Where do you find these words? How do you know if you don't have the ability to see God this way? Where do you find it? Where how do you know that these are the attributes of God? Well, for one, the Pope's told us. But how does he know? A lifelong experience. Okay. Reflection on the gospel. Okay, I'm gonna push back a little bit on that. Um because hearing that from a pope who lives in Vatican City, who has, I mean, how that that's not relatable for me. I get that. And um, I would understand where if you personally don't have that experience or you, it, it just seems odd 
that you would hear that from a pope or from anybody who's a clergy uh, clergyman of the Catholic Church because we've lost so much of our credibility. It's like, yeah, you all can say that, uh, yeah. all fine and good, but actions speak louder than words. Well, that and it's it's. I mean, how much of how much have you been through? I, I think for a lot of us, we're thinking of our personal experiences, and it's like God let that happen. That was taken away right. from me. God let me lose this person. Right. So to hear the Pope say, no, God is this, this, and this. And I'm like, well, how do you, well, that might be your experience, but that's unfortunately not everyone's experience. Right. So my question is when we have difficulty finding out the attributes of God, and it's hard for us to trust someone that we don't know that well and how how do you know that this is who God is where can how do we find that information how do we know the characteristics of God right. the Bible really <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, the so, Bible is one place that I had mentioned earlier a reflection on scripture but really ultimately it's your experience yourself. The experience I shared with you about with my parents, especially with my mother, that was an experience that helped connect me to what God is like. Um, I had to take that experience and reflect on it. And from that, draw some conclusions. The only way uh, that you can be convinced, I can tell you all day long that God is love, that God's primary way of relating to you and to everybody is through closeness, compassion, and tenderness. But you're right. You have to experience it somehow. So you take the word of the Pope because, first of all, he's he's the Pope, and that's part of his job is to share with us who God is. But ultimately, that's his word. Ultimately, somehow, we have to help people, and this is the job of the church. We have to help people to experience that themselves. And so this is this is the challenge. This is the great challenge of the church. This is your challenge as a Catholic, even though you might consider yourself a Catholic. It's my challenge as a member of the church is to give witness mm -hmm. to God's love in my life and in your life. So when somebody else sees that, they go, I want some of that. Yes. But they have, to, have, experience, they have to experience it themselves. But maybe it's only through you and your life and your witness that somebody today who maybe was just doubting everything, but because you were kind to them, you offered them an extra helping hand, they experienced some of God's love through you. We are the body of Christ in the world. Ultimately, in answer to your question, how would other people who can't relate to the Pope, who can't relate to maybe high, you know, high theology or even ritual, or maybe thinks that the church has lost all credibility in this, how through you, not to put too much pressure on you, <laughs> but through all Christians who truly believe that God is love and want to live that love in their own lives. And in living that love, others experience it. And remembering that we are, each of us are God's window, letting God shine through us to each other because it's, I mean, it's hard, it's hard for us to take what, you know, just a, a person says and, and believe it if we don't have that trust with that person. And so remembering the power, I think each of us has 
to let God shine through us and let our own stories, um, no matter how messy they are, especially how messy they are, to show other people that God's love is still there no matter what's going on. I think it's maybe more powerful coming from someone who's been through it than from clergy even at times. What do you think? Possible. You know, it, it, absolutely. It's not a us versus them right. type deal. Right. It's wherever you find yourself, whether you've been through a lot or not been through a lot, God puts people in your path who might need to see God's love through you. So how do you, whatever fashion how do you that do is, that? or where do you see be God's yourself love as a child of God? Don't, you don't have to do anything extra. You don't have to be ultra pious. You just have to be yourself. God made you for who you are. And that touches other people, especially when we show them kindness and love and, and acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what people, I think, in many times who are hurting are hungry for, is that somebody's heard them and somebody accepts them for who they are. And when they experience that through you, JC, or through Rebecca or through Lauren, they're actually also not only experiencing your care and compassion, they're experiencing the care and compassion of God because we're all connected. I agree with that. I think we, as Catholics, I think it. I think it's really easy to put it on the church and say the church is not doing a great job at accepting certain communities and just pushing people out. But it that gives us more power as regular everyday Catholics to say, no, it's up to us. You're also the, you are the church. We are the church. It is up to us for people to feel God's love and to feel the connection between God and religion. So ultimately we, we have, we have that power. We have that ability. And you don't have to be super religious to do that. Just be yourself with the gifts that God has given you. I like that. Okay. This week on keeping up with the catechisms. Did you like that one? Uh, Either one is fine. Okay, great. (laughs) So, So what's the question? Okay. As we mentioned in the last episode, we're going to do a series Keeping Up with the Catechisms, where we go over the Mass, parts of Mass, um, because there's a lot of stuff we do as Catholics that uh, we don't really know why we're doing it right. or what it means. And so I thought it would be cool if we do just a little bit of Mass each week and you can kind of mm-hmm. tell us what it means. And last week we did the sign of the cross on the forehead, lips, and chest is that, is there the a proclamation specific name of the for Gospel. That? Hmm? Is there a specific name? For that? I don't think so. Okay. So, well, let's just, let's start at the beginning. Um, introductory rites. Come in in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. And then you say a few things. Usually the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And then we go into the pen- penitential right? The penitential right. So where did you get all the, how did this structure come about? How the, You want all that in a two-minute <laughs> Keeping up with the catechism. What what can you tell us about the beginning? This is the time where we are supposed to be preparing ourselves for. It's a a preparatory period. You 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 recollect yourself and you begin by first acknowledging that you're a sinner in the penitential rite and acknowledge that you need God's grace and love and forgiveness and God freely gives that. And so there's two or three there's three different versions of the penitential rite that you can use. And it's an, a dialogue between the presider, the priest, and the people in the pews. Yes. And th- this is for Sunday Mass, because weekday no. Mass, y'all are like super quick with we it. We do this in weekday as well. You do? Yeah. Well, I know that because I... You daily go to daily, daily Mass. Daily go to weekday Mass, yes. Okay. So I just want to make sure you do. Uh, 
Is this something that we're going to have to have a clarification on next this week? This is definitely a clarification. Okay. What do you mean you didn't go to mass this week, Daisy's? <laughs> Just kidding, Mom. Um, okay, yeah. So do you sing? Do you do? I try do, to avoid it. Do you have to have strong pipes to be a priest? Everyone wants to know. I think there are priests who are more gifted at singing, much more gifted at singing than I am. Okay. Has it, whenever you were in preschool, was there ever a time where they're like, you should be more of a silent priest? Yes. <laughs> Did that happen to be you? This is a safe space. Yes. I can tell the story. Uh, I recently told it uh, when I was a deacon. Deacons typically sing the exultet at the Easter Vigil. The exultet is a long hymn that is sung only once a year on um, the evening before Easter. And the deacon, I was a deacon at the time, uh, sing it. I thought I should sing it. And you in felt seminary, the Holy Spirit moved through you. Yeah, in seminary, we had a, a voice teacher. So I went to her and Stop. I said what I wanted to do. And so she said, I can do this. I have taught everybody that I have ever tried how to sing without any problems. And I said to her, you know, if we can't do this, I'm sure there's a lay person at the church that will be glad to sing it. If, if I can't do it, which and is your, an option. Your mother's on the phone with you every week. Like, Larry, I know you can do it. Just yeah. try. Just try. <laughs> Believe in yourself. Sister voice teacher worked with me for two or three sessions. And then at the third session, she said, this lay person that uh, you said could do this in your case, might not be a bad idea to go no. ahead and have them do it. What did you say? No, I, I, I was happy. <laughs> so... Oh but my I do gosh. think this is probably a good place to quit um, and bring us now to our closing prayer, right? All right. So we're do we're doing this. We're doing the closing prayer. Do you, is there anything you'd like to say before we close with our with our prayer? I think we're good. All right. Well, I guess. I just, think people are tired of listening to us by now. You think so? Okay. Yeah, I am. All right. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right. So here's our prayer. All right. Um, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. By the way, JC led us today in prayer before we began. So, yeah, so that that's was pretty good penance. prayer, too. Really good prayer. That's an indulgence. This is me. a call, since we talked about God's love, a prayer of, for resting in God's love. Author unknown. God of goodness, I come into your presence so aware of my human frailty and yet overwhelmed by your love for me. I thank you that there is no human experience that I might walk through where your love cannot reach me. If I climb the highest mountain, you are there, and yet I, if I find myself in the darkest valley of my life, you are there. Teach me today to love you more. Help me to rest in that love that asks nothing more than the simple trusting heart of a child. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, our podcast is ended. Go and love as you have been loved. And Godspeed. Amen. Amen. <laughs>